temperature test him. He's been hot. Can you believe it? Eddie's back. All hail Eddie. What about this from ball inside? 50 Cottrell. From nowhere. Cottrell from 45 directly in front. The Blues are up by Kiki Fabulous. Have a look at him. Back there for Cripps. Spins out of traffic. Through one. Pass another. Jones his class. Gets it back from Betts. and welcome to the Blues Footy Podcast. Your host Jed Zetzer here alongside my co-host Harrison Hymans. He's not next to me in the room, but I've got him over Zoom. Bolt, we're doing it a little bit differently this week. Welcome to the show. This is bizarre. Um, This is almost like hub life podcasting, isn't it? Mate, this is absolutely crazy. We've We've never recorded a podcast without being in the comfort of your study, which we've turned into a little studio. Uh, and got our lovely microphones and our microphones and our accessories to make the recording sound as crisp as we can. So uh, disappointing we can't put that to use this week, but we've got to get a show out. And I guess we do apologise that the audio may not be as good as usual, but hopefully uh, you can hear us. And Bolt, you were at the match, so I'm going to let you kick off the podcast this week. Where do we start? Well... I was at the match, which I was very, very thankful to be at. Um, I was sitting in the heart of the Sydney Swans members and dearie me, dearie me, there was a lot of, I was sitting by myself. There was a lot of biting the tongue. They, they just got no idea. They, yeah, they just got no idea. Um, I was waiting for someone to scream out like, what a try. But um, <laughs> I was going to say, look, it was cold. It was wet. I didn't understand the Casbolt inclusion before the game. And when I saw the weather on the day, I didn't understand it even more. Um, and I thought we played really, really well the first half. I thought the first quarter was probably some of the best footy we've played all year. We looked organized. We looked like we we're playing with a bit of intent. Um, and we only led by, and I think we're down by a point at quarter time. And like, you know, for the first 20 minutes of the first and second quarter, it was as good as footy we've played this year. And it just fell away. We go back into our shells a bit because we were serious, like running, carrying the footy, repaired inside. We just looked so dangerous. What did you reckon? Well, I have to agree. Uh, Our first quarter was absolutely fantastic. Um, As you mentioned, we looked really well structured. Uh, Our use of the football was surprisingly very good. Uh, I think our efficiency would have been good in the first quarter. Um, But yeah, from that point onwards, it just went downhill. I think it went downhill still within the first quarter, I guess, when Sydney kicked a string of goals together to end the quarter, it was a bit disheartening. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I think you said at halftime, you called it very early, you said, this is going to be really close. It's going to be like the Gold Coast game, but I don't think we're going to win. And it was a pretty good call because it did feel a bit of a scrap. Obviously, the conditions weren't perfect. Um, and it was a little bit of a scrap until Sydney ran away with it. I mean, this is another game where we've disappointed in the last quarter and quite frankly been 
flat, I guess, and um, really disappointing. How do you, how, what, what do you think's going on with our final quarter performances and how do we stop, stop it from happening? So I think the final quarter performances, I think it's very much, this is very much a brand of footy. This is honestly, the, I think it's just, what's the word like demonstrating the lack of standard in the Carlton team that you can play at a certain level for, you know, long enough in the first phase of the game to get, you know, to hang in there, not to, you know, take full ascendancy on the scoreboard, but to hang in there and keep relevant in the game. And then when other teams want to go, they'll go. And the first seven minutes of the last quarter were a joke, an absolute joke. That game for me was very, very similar to the Carlson GWS game last year. Yeah, that's a great call. It's a great call because if you put our season into context, that last quarter, it was almost like our season was on the line, as crazy as that sounds at round 10. But uh, we haven't yet beaten, you know, a team who sit above us on the table so this was, you know, a really, really big opportunity for us to claim a, I would say Sydney would be a scalp almost for us. Um, it was a good yeah, opportunity. Sydney and Sydney would have been a great scalp. And we just didn't turn up in that last quarter. Quite frankly, we had our pants pulled down. No, we did. It was embarrassing. It was very hard to watch. And it was just, it was, it was just baffling. It really was, you know, we didn't really prevent Sydney from using the corridor. And in a game which was pretty, you know, the ball would have been pretty slippery with narrow wings as it is to give Sydney that, you know, ease of entry inside 50 when they had a rampaging buddy, they had a rampaging Heaney and then Papley getting off the leash. It's just too dangerous to allow that. And I think another thing which we have to address is the fact that after the first quarter, I don't know about you, watching that game, I don't feel like we controlled the ball at all after the first quarter, we never had a string of marks together from the back line through transitioning to the forward line. And Sydney just did it with such fluency. I mean, Harry Cunningham was unbelievable for them. Uh, He sort of was a bit of, it was a bit like the general down back, just instructing them. And they helped, they carried the ball with such fluency inside 50. Whereas we just couldn't string together more than a couple marks. It was, it was almost hard to watch. It was chaos. Mm, no, I do agree. Um, I feel like for the first 15 minutes of the second quarter, we had a lot of control and a few of them, you know, we kicked goals through free kicks, um, which I guess brought us, you know, straight back into the lead, I guess. But I feel like we're okay in the second quarter. But once again, we consider the last two goals of the quarter and we're a point up at half time. It just, it's another game which we were in, but it never really felt like, hey, we, we're going to get the four points here. Mm, mm. Should we uh, go through the players' bolt? Yes. So, King Cripper. That was vintage P. Cripps, wasn't it? It was a beautiful, I don't care what anyone says, it was a beautiful Paddy Cripps game. Um, he was fabulous. And for him to hit the scoreboard in the way he did, um, you know, a set shot at the start of the second quarter, an unbelievable snap in the third, and then a goal to give us a glimmer of hope in the last quarter. It was a true captain's performance. You know, he was extracting it from the middle. Uh, you know, Cripper was awesome on the weekend. And Cripper's had a really, really good month. You know, you won't hear that in the media, but I'm telling you now, he's had an exceptional month, really. Um, he's had the so we've got to get behind our captain. Absolutely, we've got to get behind him. He was, he was our best on the day for mine. 27 disposals. 
He had the three marks, the six tackles. I think he had five score involvements, seven clearances, the three goals, which were just, yeah, brilliant goals. Two of them were, were awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, this was – was this Cripps' best performance of the year? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, no, it was, it was. Yeah, I, I'd say it was. I think he just – it was almost one of those games where he could sense this is like season on the line type of stuff. And he just took us on our back. Uh, I thought our other captain was really good as well. what do you think of Doc? Yeah, no, Doc, he's been playing well at the moment. Um, he made one error in the first quarter, which I thought I was going to pull out the little hair I've got left um, <laughs> when he tried to kick the ball out of midair in the back 50. Oh, and I, th- I, forget- I think it was Parker that snapped the goal. It was just some stupid error. But Doherty's been playing good footy. I mean, you know, Doherty is so much more suited up the ground. Yeah, I, I think he's been brilliant on the on the wing uh, in particular. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, Walshy, 33 disposals. I mean, he was brilliant. Eight clearances. Uh, he just goes about his business these days, Walshy, doesn't he? I was going to say he definitely goes about his business because I had no idea he had 33 disposals. Um, I didn't know that till just now. Um, that's crazy. Um, he really does. He's so unassuming and he's just so reliable. He's an absolute superstar. Um, what he offers going both ways. He's just like, you know, what an amazing 50 games, honestly. Like I've never seen someone fit so seamlessly into a footy organization than Sam Walsh. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was outstanding. I thought uh, H H. Look, H was unbelievable early in the game. Like he was seriously uh, asserting himself as the main man uh, in the forward department in the league in that first half. Second half was a bit disappointing, but I think he copped a bit of a hit to the shoulder and he looked a bit limited yep. all day. I think specifically when we were coming out of the back line, kicking it. Uh, straight down the middle of the ground. A lot of the time he'd go up with the one arm instead of going up with two, which indicates to me he's obviously still feeling some sort of discomfort in his shoulder. He copped a hit early in the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. He copped a hit early. Going into the um, ball went down low. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was that incident. Look, to be honest, Mackay featured in the coaches' votes and Mackay was exceptional. I know he was a little bit inefficient, you know, kicking-wise, which he hasn't been all year to his credit. You know, he kicked three goals, five. But for a big man to take eight marks in the wet, and he owned the Carlson forward line. And there were a couple of moments in the second quarter where he was, you know, caught holding the ball in you know, chaotic situations. But what Mackay provides is just under, like He's actually a freak. He actually is a freak. And he's comfortably, I'd say at the moment, the best forward in the game, isn't he? Yeah, he's the All-Australian full forward as we sit here right now. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, and, and I feel like sometimes he doesn't get the, the credit that he deserves. I don't know, but he has to. He's an absolute freak. He really is. He's so good. He's so good, H. Um, let's quickly run through a couple of other players. Uh, I want to start off with Nick Newman. What did you think of his performance? Yeah. Oh, I thought he was okay. Like, I, I, Newman has his moments of really good and really bad. Um, I, I thought he was okay. What do you reckon? Uh, it's a tough one. Like, I think with Newman, like Newman's safe in the team, but sometimes I feel with Newman, like, what's he actually, you know, 
Like, what would be like his assignment pregame? Like, well, do you get what I mean? Who is he playing on? Would you say on Sunday? It's hard to know. It's because they all like the little defenders. They just run through each other. Um, it's hard to know specifically, but he. he I don't know. He's an interesting one. Do you know what I mean? It's like I feel I like, like what he does, but I also hate what he doesn't do. If that makes sense. No, I can understand that. Um, I feel like in that. I guess in the first three quarters, at least, I feel like he did really, really well in the back line, winning some big one-on-ones. Um, I feel like he was really good. Uh, didn't get a heap of the ball, but didn't really need to. Uh, he got a lot of it later in the game because I feel like it looked like he was one of the only ones out there that had legs um, yeah. to keep running, which was good to see a guy who's coming off a long-term injury is running out the game. I mean, I thought it was awesome. So, yeah, I, I always, in a game like that one, where we get beaten and run over in the last quarter, I always like to give credit to those players who didn't stand down in the last quarter. And I think Newman was one of them. No, I do think we're a better team with Newman in it. But it's just like, I think his game, like he's, he, he's probably the perfect example of the cliche, like everyone's got their strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, that's, um, that's fair. As, Boring as that sounds, like that he actually sums that up. Uh, Ed Kerno was probably one of his quietest performances for the year, wasn't it? So Ed Kerno didn't register a statistic in the last quarter. Um, that's it is actually, which is bizarre by him, really. Um, that's he was actually traveling okay early though. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Didn't register a statistic. So, and then I guess it begs the question, is he spotting the team in trouble? I've seen a bit of talk about it on social media. For me, he's going absolutely nowhere. Um, under no circumstances, given the thin midfield we've got already, he's as safe as they come, in my opinion. Yeah, but I've seen a lot of people that would disagree with that on Twitter. No, I, I think Newman's absolutely... Uh, sorry, I think Kerno's absolutely safe um, in our team. Absolutely. Uh Keep going with the midfield. Will Setterfield, what do you think of his performance? It was So this is interesting. I thought he was pretty good. I thought he was one of our better ball users on the day. I didn't know if that was going to be a popular or unpopular opinion. Because I guess I saw the game from like a different viewpoint. But I thought he was pretty good. I no, I thought it was probably Setterfield's best performance of the year, to be honest. His stats don't scream, but I thought he was really good. No, that's that's fair. I mean, I'd have to agree. I thought it was one of his I mean, with all due respect to him, we we love him, but I don't think he's had a great year. So there wasn't much to come up against. But you're probably right. It probably was one of his better performances uh of the year. Uh Lockie Fogarty, I feel like this was probably one of his uh lesser performances of the year. I've I mean I've been a massive rap for Fogarty. Um but I just feel like his decision-making just wasn't there on Sunday. What do you think? Well, I think Lockie Fogarty was the turning point for this game. We're 12 points up in the second quarter. Fogarty runs in and it's, you know, ball marked on the line by Rampy. Didn't make the distance. Would have put us three goals up midway through the second quarter. Would have been massive. Mm. Um, so for me, that was like the turning point a little bit. Um, and Fogarty was another one. He only had one disposal in the last quarter. Um so, no, it wasn't one of Fogarty's best games. And he's just got to capitalise on errors like that. As in, you know, we need, you know, 
always didn't do a hell of a lot. So, you know, when someone like Fogarty's not hitting the scoreboard either, it really hurts. I think the thing with Fogarty was, and I think this is, you know, his season in general, he's probably a year or two away from being a really good player. Like, he's still, we, we forget with Fogarty, he's so young. Uh, he'd, how old's Lucky Fogarty? He'd be 20. I think he's about 22, maybe. Yeah, so, we, I mean, we forget because we brought him in from Geelong. He's still really young with so much progression still to come in his career. Yeah, he's he's 22. Um, but I get that. But like, I don't. But we're not asking him to dominate. We're just asking him to be, you know, handy. I guess. No, I know. I think he has been handy. I just think he has. He has. He has. He has. He has. I think um, he lacks a bit of polish. I think you know, in five years' time, he'll be well, not even five. In two or three years' time, and hopefully next year, you know, he'll be running because he's missed a lot of opportunities in front of goal this year, a lot. Yeah. Um, the Bulldogs, he missed one. Yeah. Oh. Missed a few. I feel like, you know, these errors are because he's still so inexperienced. He's young. They'll, they'll slowly creep out of his game. But I mean, yeah, on Sunday was a bit costly and probably um, one of his lesser performances for the year. Yeah. No, I, yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, Sardin Williams thoughts on their game. Alrighty. Um, so once again, my pet peeve of Saad having to defend really deep occurred again. Um, and we spoke about this last week. It's just because I guess we don't have a genuine back pocket. And with Plowman going out and not being replaced by either Parks or Williamson, meaning Casbolt was the third tall defender, was for me the for me that was the worst selection call. Carlton have made this year by the length of the Flemington straight. Mm. Playing Levi Casbolt in the back pocket, you know, as a replacement for Lockie Plowman. Um, And it hurt Saad. It really hurt Saad's game because it meant Saad had to sacrifice, you know, his weapon on a shorter ground, which would have, you know, got the ball inside 50 quicker. It just would have made a world of difference. Um, So Saad was limited. Williams has definitely been playing better the last couple of weeks. There's no doubt about that. He's suited to a halfback flank. It's more natural for him. So, no, I was okay. with. To be honest, I feel bad for Saad. He's being murdered by the coaching department, in in my opinion. Um, I think he's getting a lot of unfair treatment because when we unleash Saad, as in he's, he's an absolute gun. I, yeah, I think, so we haven't got through all the players, but I think we... We need to talk about the coaching. Uh, we, we will get back to dissecting the rest of the team because there's a couple of key players who we haven't touched on. But, mate, your points there were spot on. Um, I would have thought playing a game on the SCG in the wet, Saad has to be the player that you want to use the most. He has to be the guy who you're looking for. Williams as well. Those two, those two coming off a halfback who are two of your best ball users – on a very small ground, a narrow ground, as you mentioned, you have to be looking for them. And I just don't think we look for Saad. I don't think he played in a position which allowed us to look for him. Uh, I just didn't get it. Um, and I was really frustrated throughout the day when we would get the ball on the halfback flank and I'd be saying, yeah, where's Saad? Where's Williams? Like, get it into their hands going forward. And they weren't there. Um and I mean, you look at Saad's game on the weekend, 
He's had 15 touches. You know, that is the type of game where we want Adam Saad to be getting 25 touches, is it not? Yeah, it is. And surely we'd rather Newman playing a little bit more deeper than Saad? I don't know. I, Mate, I, I let, let's talk about what's unraveling on the field at the moment because I, I'm starting to lose patience, I must be honest. Um, I look at Essendon and I, I look at the 22 that Essendon put out on the weekend. Yeah. I'm just thinking, how on earth is that 22 performing so much better than ours? It doesn't make sense to me. It, do, it doesn't it's make sense. Footy. Pardon? It's attractive footy. Mate, it's attractive. It's well-structured. Like, Essendon play well-structured football. They have a game plan. They, I'm not saying we don't have a game plan, but they have a really attractive brand of footy. Uh, they execute it beautifully. I just, I look at their 22 and I go, it's not close to ours. Why are we not performing as well as them? And it just, it gives me the shits, to be honest. Like, I, I, I think, and, you know, you can quote me on this. I feel like if a team has got the All-Australian fullback, the All-Australian full forward, and an All-Australian midfielder, as well as players like Cripps and Doherty and Saad and Williams and, you know, these other contributors around the ground who are more than capable, I think, how on earth is this not a finals team? Like, how on earth? Like, we have got key pillars on every line on the ground who are all Australian and we've got contributors who are more than capable. And for some reason, we're sitting 13th on the table. Because, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's frightening. It's frightening. I don't think we set up well. I just think, to be honest, our bottom six or seven this year have been letting us down. I think it's been a bit of a merry-go-round in terms of who's coming in, who's coming out. We no one knows what our best twenty-two is at the moment. No, it's because changing. none of our bottom six players are playing well enough to actually establish their spot in the team. No, I agree, and that's the issue. But, and I think it's very, and this is why I get frustrated with you know criticism on guys like Cripps or Sard or even someone like Ed Kerno. It's because like. You know, I think we're completely giving these guys that I guess, you know, we may not want to give as much criticism to that are, you know, a bit younger, a bit, you know, less experienced in the team, but they're not holding their weight. Let's be honest. The bottom six on the weekend, I know Gibbons got injured, but Gibbons has been terrible for a while. Casbolt was, it was laughable. It was laughable. Cottrell, for me, has... You know, bar one amazing moment in the last quarter where he dashed through the middle and hit up H. It was pretty ordinary again. I think you know, I always didn't as sorry to interrupt, as good as that moment was, there was a crucial moment as well in that was it the last quarter? It could have been the third. It was deep in the game, crucial moment where the kick? a kick inside fifty where he oh. just he just airballed it. It was so such it was it was a balloon. It was like Oh mate, so I was pretty quiet the whole game. And I was sitting behind this like family and like the grandparents and the parents were there and they had this little kid. And that was, I was trying to be as quiet as possible. And this one, that, that kick from Cottrell, I screamed out. <laughs> it, it, it got me up. 
that kid got me. You don't need to say what you screamed out. (laughs) No, but the entire family just turned around at once, like in sync, and just looked at me. It was the most awkward thing I've ever had. Yeah, I mean, I that kick. I know the kick, and even look, we'll speak about it in depth soon. But of the bottom six, the ruck situation on the weekend was mind-numbing. Well, it was. I just, uh, and I, yeah, and I, I, you know what, mate? I actually feel for Levi Kasbolt. Like, he's had a very ordinary season, to put it lightly. And, I mean, we know that, you know, we've heard the murmurs that, you know, there's been something with his knee. Uh, Maybe, you know, well, we obviously know coming into the season he had that injury that he was carrying. He played round one. He had one week off and he was brought straight back in. It was like, it was as if he was, you know, spotting the team was not even up for question. And the fact that he was thrown into the back line, he looked like a lost puppy out there um, and then swung back forward. It was a mess. I just think there's some serious selection issues. Um, Our midfield is the worst in the competition by quite a mile. In my opinion, it might sound dramatic and you'd probably say there are teams like North and I can't even think off the top of my head, maybe Hawthorne, but I just think that our midfield at the moment. um, As a collective. Yep. Our midfield performances have, they've been well underperforming and I've got some stats to back it up, Bolt. Um, You've been doing your homework. I've done my homework. I've done my homework Uh, in the competition. We are 18th for kicking efficiency. We are 18th for clearance differential. We are 18th for tackle differential and we're 18th for clanger differential. So our kicking efficiency is the worst in the comp. We're the worst in the comp for clearances. We get smashed in clearances every week. Worst in the comp for tackles, minus 11. Minus 11. We average 11 less tackles than the opposition every week on average. And we're 18th in the competition for clearance for clangers. We're also 14th for points against. Uh, I mean, those stats for me are just, I mean, we, we can't kick. We're not sustaining pressure. And, yeah, as I said, we're just getting absolutely mauled around the contest, the clearances. We're not getting first use of the ball. Uh, and I actually think our, like, I think our forward line operates relatively well. Like, I like our forward line. And I think our back line has obviously been really good this year. So you have to think, well, then if, that, if they've both been all right, well, why are we 13th? It's because our midfield is just that underperforming in that well not I don't even know if underperforming is the word but it just gets smashed mate every week we just get it does in the middle it does there's not a lot of resistance um they they just plod a bit they plod back there's just it is it's a it's very frustrating there's just not a lot of them that run through there as well it's the same every week um and you know that old saying uh, the definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Well, is that not what Carlton are doing every week with the midfield? We haven't even yeah. tr- we haven't even tried to get different people in there. Obviously, Doherty. Obviously, Doherty's uh, been in there now as on the wing. 
But in terms of our center bounces, it's the same players every week. Like, mate, I'm even tempted to chuck, just chuck anyone in there. Like, chuck anyone in there, see what but, happens. Well, but but uh, this is probably more of an issue with the list itself oh, rather than... Because you know what it is. You know what We've it exhausted is. the options with, you know, we Dow and Cunningham and Setterfield and these guys, as in, you know, they're not going to, you know, apart from Walsh, um, Cripps and Ed Kerno is always going to be there. There's just absolutely nothing beyond that. You know, I, I'm a, you know, I'm a massive Jack Martin fan and he'll give some relief in there, but there's no, you know, six, seven genuine midfielders that can run through there all day. I'm going to bring up two points. Uh, the first point is why have we not tried Mark Murphy in the midfield this year? I don't care about his age. He's still one of our no, best to... users. Why has he not featured at one centre bounce the whole year? I'm not sure about that, but look, I think the issue with Murphy's probably is just a bit too slow. No, and I can understand that, but he should at least be, at least, if he's too slow, that's fine. But, I mean, I think we could, you know, benefit from him attending at least a couple of, you know, you know, at least running through the midfield occasionally. It's no, like, I'm happy to. I'm, I'm happy to acknowledge that. He, ne- it's, it's, it's not even the occasional. He just is never in there. He's never in there. No, I know. Um, now, the second point I'll bring up in a second. But while we're on Murphy, was that not the most bizarre? I mean, obviously supporters have been calling for it, but. I felt like it was just bizarre that he was dropped ahead of Gibbons, especially when Gibbons was originally dropped, has come in, hasn't played particularly well, and has just held his spot ahead of Murphy. Mate, I tweeted last week that Gibbons should buy a lottery ticket. And I hope he bought another one this week because, you know, apart from the unfortunate hamstring injury he sustained, the luckiest man at selection over the last three weeks is Michael Gibbons. Um the the oh, making Mark Murphy the sub to me once again made no sense, you know. Whilst Michael Gibbons was and Gibbons started in the back line, did you see that? I mate couldn't tell you where he was, I didn't see him much. He he definitely started the first center clearance of the day off the halfback flank. That is bizarre, yeah. Um, so. Gibbons, I think Gibbons, the hamstring is going to come at a very unfortunate time for him because I'd, I'd be assuming he'd be coming back through the twos and hopefully a fresh Murphy. The fact that he missed the game in the wet, he, he Murphy should be right to go, you'd say, against West Coast. Yeah. yeah. Now, the second point, Bolt, I want to talk about, we speak about our midfield and how we've sort of exhausted all options. If you look at our list management process since, the, since we declared a rebuild, I feel like in terms of our trading, yes, we brought in Setterfield. Uh, but other than that, I feel like we've sort of said, all right, well, let's go to the draft purely for keys and then our midfields, our midfielders, um, and go to the trade period to fill in sort of specific positions around the ground, get a few role players. We've obviously brought in Newman and Fogarty and Saad and Williams and McGovern and all these other guys. But I think this is probably indicative of the fact that we haven't nailed our drafting. Obviously, Sam Walsh, we absolutely nailed. Hard not to nail a pick one. Um, 
But you look at the list of midfielders we've drafted, Dow, O'Brien, Petrovsky, Seaton, Kemp, Philp, Carroll, uh, Cunningham. Uh, I'm not saying all these guys haven't succeeded or whatever, but the guys I've listed there. As There's well, no rock stars in there though. As, as well as others, not one of them played on the weekend. Not one of them. Uh, yep. And quite frankly, not one of them is cemented in our 22. Cunningham's probably stiff because he was, and then he did his knee. Uh, and yeah, I, Cunningham I, was definitely in it. And I really liked the way that Cunningham was playing. So it is stiff on him. But the other group, the, re- the, the reality here is we've gone to the draft to build our midfield. And as it stands yep. right now, not one of them are in the 22. And that, that is killing us. And now the reality is the VFL is going to be under a bit of threat. So now, you know, this development, you know, this, the whole feeder system, you know, goes into jeopardy and it's going to make it so difficult for these guys to swap straight back into the AFL again. So hard, so hard. It kills their development, mate. Like it just, cause like, if you think about it, if O'Brien ends up, if O'Brien was, you know, a stalwart in our 22 by now, and down Petrovsky seat and whereas midfielders, you know, you've probably got two really good midfielders and a competent winger in the team, but instead we got nothing. And those are all top 10 picks. Yeah. It's so frustrating. And I think that's, what's killing us is that we haven't nailed our drafting. Would you not agree? Oh, I've been on that wagon for a very long time, my friend. And the other thing is, and I know it's you're gonna people are gonna rip into me say they've been in the system for a year or two, but we haven't had a player that we've drafted in the last two years apart from Parks, who's oh, I wouldn't even really include Parks because he's not in the team right now. But we haven't. No, I would include Parks. We haven't had a player really that's been able to come in and just play. Um, and I know you know it's hard to expect players to come in and play straight away in their first and second years. But at the end of the day, mate, you look around the competition right now. Well, this is where you can get frustrated with the Essendon situation. Most teams in the competition have at least one player in their team who they drafted this year who is playing good footy at the level. Um, Adelaide certainly have a few. Brisbane have brought in a few from maybe last year's as well. Collingwood have certainly using them. Essendon, Fremantle, going through alphabetical order here. But every team... Uh, in the competition are playing players that they've drafted in the last year or two. And, you know, some of them are playing really good footy. We haven't seen Kemp because he's injured. That's fair. Philp injured as well, uh, but wasn't really able to do much at the level last year. Carroll, I know he's had an injury, but, you know, he hasn't really put himself anywhere near AFL selection, Durden. It's just like, whilst you draft for the future, you also should be keeping in mind how important it can be to bring in players that can come in and have an immediate impact. And we just haven't had anyone come through from the draft and slot straight in. It just hasn't happened for us. And I think that's also killing us a little bit. Yep. No, no, it is. It is. We're waiting too long. And this is where, you know, this clog is developing guys get so comfortable in the team for so long. And this is where, you know, the whole concept of Carlson treading water comes into play. You know, we're not moved. We're standing still in the competition. We're probably going to finish anywhere between like 11th and 14th this year. 
And, you know, we're not the 13th or 14th best team in this competition in full flight. We shouldn't even be close to that. Like, this is where it's just, you know, it's so irritating that teams just go past us. Like, look at the Swans. Sydney finished third bottom last year. And if we should just waved at us on the way up. And who's playing good footy for them this year? Golden, Campbell, uh, Wicks. Warner. Uh, Warner. Like these guys who were drafted in the last year or two are all playing really good footy. I know Gordon and Campbell are out injured at the moment, but they were Gordon was awesome when he was in the team. Campbell as was Logan McDonald. Logan McDonald as well. Yep. I just think that uh, these other teams are getting so much out of first and second year players, and the reality right now for us is our first and second year players are nowhere near the AFL team. No, no, no I do agree. Uh, but we haven't done Twitter questions this week. Uh, we'll give it a week off just because of the nature of you being in Sydney and me here. It would be tough to do over Zoom. But very quickly, I want to run through the plays we haven't touched on. What do you think of Jack Martin's performance, his first game back? It was great to see him back out there, wasn't it? So I'm a big Jack Martin fan, so it was exciting. Um, I thought, oh, look, I actually thought his first half was really good. Um or maybe more his first quarter. His first quarter was really good. He got his hands on the footy. He was providing that link. He did go quiet, definitely, after halftime. Um, but once again, we got, like, Martin, you know, we just have to pursue with Jack Martin. You know, he'll get more game time under his belt. He's so important to Carlson. He's just so clean, as in. So, you know, I thought his first quarter and a half maybe was really good, but he definitely fell away thereafter. Mm, mm. Uh, Weeders and Jonesy, what do you think of them down back? So it was interesting. Jones got the buddy matchup, um, which he does, which he does usually he he does usually get it. And I thought you know, mate, I, I thought it, maybe it? you know Weedering. I just thought you know best defender on best forward, maybe stick to basics. You know, Jones was okay. Is it? It's so hard to defend Franklin. It really is, um, especially you when know, he's playing as well as he was. Exactly. No, I thought I thought Jones was fine. I thought Weedering was pretty good, though. Yeah, I think as per usual, Weedering. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just six marks. You know, Weedering was, you know, and they were trying to get Weedering loose. So they were trying to get Casbolt on the second forward, which was usually Hayden McLean. And they were trying to get Weedering loose. And it just, for me, it was just so silly. Like I would have, because like, Weedering can still chop off and defend. Like I'd rather just have the extra small instead of Casbolt. Mm. No, I agree. Uh, Oes and Betts. So Betts kicked two. Oes didn't get on the scoreboard. What do you think? No. Well, yeah. Oes serves no purpose if he's not getting on the scoreboard. His endeavor's always there, but he has to be kicking goals. Um, there's no two ways about it. Betts is playing, you know, pretty good footy, I reckon. Um, well, Betts- he kicked another couple of goals. He kicked a beautiful goal in the first quarter. And then nearly kicked another freak one, I think, in the third, which at the post. Um, but, you know, Betts, uh, Betts has been fine. He's got 15 goals this year. So, you know, he's on track for a 30-goal season. You know, he, not, we can't complain about Eddie right now. I think Eddie's last month has been outstanding. It, you know, Betts is putting together a fine season. So it's so interesting. Yeah, no, I think his last month, he's regained that confidence in himself. He's, yeah, he's looking really good. I actually thought Oe's on the weekend. Um, I think Oe's is a really clever footballer. He understands the game really well. 
I think he's really good above the shoulders. A lot of players have a lot more talent than him, but aren't necessarily the smartest footballers. I, I think he is a very clever footballer. And I look at his positioning on the ground. He often, he often gets it. He just gets where he needs to be. Uh, and he knows how to draw his opponent out of the way. But yeah, he didn't get on the scoreboard. I don't, I do think he put in some really good defensive efforts and especially the people who I were, were watching with really were saying how, you know, well he was playing around the ball when he didn't necessarily have it, just little one percenters. You know, I'll definitely give him that. But no, we do need him to hit the scoreboard. Uh, and I've left a couple of players out. One man I'm going to leave for last, but before we get to him, De Koning and Pittenet. Uh, what did you think of the whole Ruck situation? Mate, mate, the Ruck situation was... It, it was so hard to watch. Um, and we can't let this kill De Conning. Um, De Conning struggled, isn't he? struggled to get involved in the game. I didn't see a lot of him. He struggled. And Pitonet played another Pitonet game. You know, he obviously tends more ruck contests than De Conning, or probably like twice the amount, um, which for me is just leaving De Conning in this real no-man's-land position. You know, Pitonet offers nothing around the footy. Um, so, uh, for me, and I, yeah, I, I can't see a way forward where we can sustain playing Pitonet and De Conning. Uh, yeah. It's so tough. I agree. I agree. There's no real need to keep Pitonet in the team. Play De Conning as the full ruck. He's had a couple of games now. Like, I don't think we need to be keeping Pitonet in the team. Well, you know, and then for me, it was exacerbated where after maybe halftime midway through the third quarter, Casbolt started being shifted out of that back pocket, you know, more forward, more just up the ground. It was just, you know, th- those three cannot be on the field together at once. It was just, it was just a mess, really. Casbolt like getting in the way by the end. Um, I think the three of them struggled in the presence of each other. Mm. Uh, two players we haven't touched on. First one, Jack Silvani. I thought Silvani this week was really good. I mean, I know there's been a couple of people who, you know, weren't particularly impressed by his performance. I, I finished that game thinking whenever he got near it, he was really good. I thought he was okay. Um, I thought he was okay. As in, obviously for me, he serves a specific purpose in the team. Um, well, he's a role player. No, he is. He turned the ball over quite a bit on the weekend, though. But um, I can handle Silvani. I can definitely handle Silvani. Um, uh, for me, he's very important to us. So I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't. Th- uh, you know, he's not going. I don't think he's necessary. He's not going to win games for us. But for me, we're a better team with him. We're a better team when Jack Silvani's playing. Yeah, but he probably had to be a little bit tidier, which was you know a bit uncharacteristic from him. The last player we haven't touched on, Liam Stocker. Well, you were at the game. You saw it differently to what I did on the telly, but I want to talk about him. I thought his first half was exceptional, and this is probably his, almost his best game for the club. Would you agree? What, what did you think of his performance being at the game? Um, I liked how he flew the flag a little bit when you know that there was that dangerous tackle in the third quarter on the boundary line where Stocker went straight in. I, I agree with your sentiment that Stocker doesn't look out of his depth at AFL level, but he's still not 
you know, performing to a level where I think he's made it. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. I don't think he's out of it. I think AFL is his level. I think Stocker, and Stocker's being played in some ridiculous positions as well, as in gets dragged. So Stocker's essentially playing in the back pocket as the shutdown defender. Um, Crazy. So I, I don't think Stocker's getting too many favours from those above. But I agree, he's definitely not out of his depth. I think he's definitely got a future in the Carlton team. It's just a matter of him and everyone else around him finding out where exactly that is and how it plays out. Well, for me, it has to be in the midfield. Like, why? Why have we only seen him in the seen him in the midfield against Melbourne? I, I don't get that. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's not like we've got this crash up midfield which is performing so well that there's no spot for him. We're literally crying out for anyone. We're just crying out for someone to come in and give us a point of difference. And I feel like Stocker can be that. They're just not running him through there, are they? Well, the issue is as well, even if he does run through the midfield, I I feel like they see him as this really, really defensive player, no matter where he's going to play. You're probably right. You're probably right. But yeah, I, yeah, I mean, there are some players you look at and you go, well, you know, they're not clearly comfortable at the level. I I think he is. Um, and whilst he hasn't necessarily set the house on fire, I just think he, yeah, he does look very, very comfortable at the level. I think, you know, he, when was the last time really, apart from Walsh, where we had a draftee come in and, you know, very early in their career, we can just say, yeah, this guy, like he's, you know, he's not necessarily that good yet, but, you know, he's going to be good at the level. I mean, I think we can say that about Stocker. Yeah, but it's still not as like com you know comprehensive. Like it, you know, I mean, like he's not going to get like a rising star nomination or anything like that. No, but- no, 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 no. It's not. It's not. It's not that. It's just like he doesn't necessarily get like out muscled or he doesn't get so directly beaten. I just think he. I just think he looks comfortable at the level. It looks like he's not out of no, depth. I I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, look, Bolt, we've got the Eagles this week. You're staying up in Sydney for the game. How, yes. big, how big is this for our season? I mean, are well, you... Well, this is... Yeah, this is officially do or die. We lose. Lights out. Have a nice year. Four and eight. Um, you know, this is a depleted West Coast team. No Tim Kelly or Oscar Allen to go with McGovern, Shuey, Duggan and Witherden. They've got a horrible record at the SCG as well. Not that ours is too flash hot either, but this is just a massive, you know, it looks like Zach Fisher is going to come in for us as well. This is such a big op. We have to, this is non-negotiable. This is, you know, just such a must win. But um, I'm excited for it, to be honest. You look at, um, you look at our season, right? And we did this a couple of weeks ago, but let's just dissect it for a second. So we've played 10 games. I'd say four of them we've come up against poor opposition who you'd expect to win, being the Gold Coast, Hawthorne, uh, Fremantle and Essendon. And we did win all four of those games. And I'm even going to chuck Collingwood in that category. So we've won four of them and we've lost one, which is not good. Uh, And then we've come up against four teams who are really, you know, uh, premier teams in the competition who 
we probably wouldn't be expected to beat in Richmond, Brisbane, Port Adelaide, and the Bulldogs. And we didn't yeah. those games. And then I guess Sydney's the one who's sort of leaning towards being a final. Well, they'll probably make the finals, but they're, they're better than us, but a team within reach. And we weren't, able to, we weren't able to win either. So I just think you look at our season and you go, well, we haven't beaten anyone uh, above us and we've lost to a team below us. So things, you know, at this point in the year, sitting 13th on the table, they're not looking very good, Bolt. No, they're not. It's no, no. Um, you, oh, okay. I mean, right now, so we're, we're four and six. You beat Collingwood Sydney and you're sitting- Four and seven, seven. Was that round 11? Yeah. Who was the other team we lost to? So we've lost to Sydney, Collingwood, Richmond, Melbourne. Oh, Melbourne. Sorry. Adelaide. Yeah. Melbourne in those, in that bracket of teams who we're not really expected to beat. So I mean, we're four and seven. We could easily be six and, and five um, if you beat Collingwood and Sydney. And I say, I don't, not easily because we weren't necessarily going to win either of those games, but it's like, really, we should definitely have beaten Collingwood. And out of the five teams who we weren't expected to beat, as well as Sydney, the fact that we haven't got one win out of those six games, it's just devastating. And I mean, it just really shows me that, you know, the club came out at the beginning of the season and they said finals. Well, mate, we're not playing close to it at the moment, are we? No. And the closest we got to beating one of them was the Western Bulldogs game, which we ended up losing by five goals anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so deflating. It's so deflating. And I think some of the fans are starting to lose patience. Um, I guess, you know, a shining light, if you had to pull one out, would be that, you know, we haven't got smashed once this year. We've been in all of our games. We've got within four or five goals of the top teams in the competition. So, I mean, you can say, you know, we're four or five goals off it, but at the end of the day, mate, it's it's disappointing, it's deflating. And quite frankly, I mean, what we've seen so far in season 2021 is not good enough. And I think the club would have to agree with that. Yeah, no, it's no questions about that, my friend. But... Uh, firstly, how is Sydney before we before we end the show? Oh, look, it's good. I'm very lucky to be here. Um, it's just, yeah, I guess normal. It's cold, but it's good. Um, I can't com- look. I can't complain. I can't complain. I'm very lucky that I've got to watch Carlton last weekend and this weekend coming up. So yeah. For those listening, um, to provide a bit of context, Bolt. So you got out. Uh, we we were both going to fly out on the Thursday to watch the game on the Sunday. Uh, you caught a 7 a.m. flight. My flight was scheduled for 5 p.m. Um, and in those eight hours or whatever, uh, sorry, 10 hours or whatever it is separating them, absolute chaos. Uh, you landed in Sydney. You got the green light. You were ready to go for the game. And in that time that you landed to when I was going to leave, they announced if you don't leave Victoria before four, you have to do the lockdown in Sydney. So I had to pull the pin. Uh, that's why I'm not up there with you. But uh, how like how is that whole process, you know, getting to Sydney on one of the more 
chaotic days. It was a very stressful Thursday, to be honest. Um, and obviously waiting for a few other boys to get up there was very stressful. Um, it was actually a draining day, to be honest, just waiting for the restrictions, waiting for the New South Wales announcements um, and seeing whether it would affect the footy, I guess. But we were very lucky. We, Yeah, we were fine. Um, and we haven't had issues since we've been here, to be honest. I actually went to a bar on Friday night, though, and I got to the front of the bar Um Gave them my drive, my ID, my driver's license, and he didn't let me in because I had a Victorian driver's license. But what if you were living there? That's what I said, and he said it's just the policy for now, which I thought was a bit crazy. But um, it's been really cruisy, uh, you know. Other than that, um, you know, good company here, good bars, good restaurant. We just need better footy. Very fair. Well, I think we're going to end the show there, Bolt. Um, yeah, obviously not the result we wanted, but we look ahead at this week and it's just so big for our season. And I, I wanna see I wanna see some whole I wanna see some I'm not gonna say wholesale, but some important changes. Before we end the show, what do you think? I mean, we nearly forgot about this. What are the changes gonna be this week? Um so Fisher will come in for Gibbons, I would say. Yeah. That should be change number one. Could we maybe we'll actually through the midfield? Say that again. Could we maybe see Fisher through the midfield? Maybe. Like, I doubt it. Like, I doubt it, but I wouldn't rule it out. I'm actually going to say more Fisher. I'm actually going to say Fisher for Owies and Murphy for Gibbons. Um, you reckon Owies gets dropped? Yeah, I do. I'm sorry, I do. Yeah, no, I think he's validated his spot to uh, survive one goalless week, but uh, that's just... Right. But they, they, look, they could easily just go rather than always. It's more like a Casbolt. Oh, no, West Coast at all. As in, for me, Parks has to play this week. So Parks has to come in for Casbolt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Fisher. And then we're going to run with the two Ruckman again. They'll run with Pin and then into Conning. So for me, they're the three changes. Yeah, I'd I'd go with Fisher for Fisher and Murphy. I'd go Fisher, Murphy, and Parks for Casbolt, Gibbons, and well, I mean we say it every week that we we feel as if probably Cottrell, but we don't have a winger to come in for him, and uh, other than Nunes, and I think the the reality now is that Cottrell's probably staying in the team. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know who the third one to go out is. I don't want it to be Oes. Very very well could be Oes. They might just think Fisher's going to provide more as a small forward, but mm, I don't even know who that third one to go out could be. Maybe, you know, maybe someone needs a rest. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I certainly know that we need to make some changes uh, if we're any chance of winning this game. Can't go into it with Casbolt uh, and or Gibbons not going to play, but we can't go into it with the same 22, can we? Oh, no, absolutely not. Yeah, well, Bolt, it all remains to be seen. Hopefully we get up and can start getting our season back on track. But, uh, yeah, once again, we do apologise if the audio wasn't great. This has been done over a Zoom. But, Bolt, thank you for joining me. And uh, hopefully, mate, hopefully we get up and uh, definitely trust that you'll be enjoying the game up there. I hope I am. I hope I am. Um, cheers, Zoot. I'll see you very soon.
Very good. Blue Baggers, thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Blues Footy Podcast. Round 11 is in the books, four and seven. We're not where we'd like to be, but uh, hopefully we can get our season back on track this week against the Eagles. Thank you for tuning in to the Blues Footy Podcast.